This is the Cater Daily Podcast for Saturday, September 26, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Many of the claims leveled against WikiLeaks and Julian Assange specifically could be just as easily leveled against the New York Times or Washington Post. What does his prosecution mean for press freedom? J.D. Tuchile is a contributing editor at Reason Magazine. We spoke last week about the Assange prosecution. What has been uh, most notable in your view about the extradition hearing for Julian Assange back to the United States? It's the extent to which the charges that he faces under the Espionage Act really could be applied to um, a great many journalists who scrutinize government conduct, including some very high profile cases, including the Pentagon Papers with the New York Times, and the Washington Post, and the uh, publication of Edward Snowden's revelations a few years ago by The Guardian, The Washington Post, and The Times, among other publications. Uh, this is really a broad indictment uh, that encompasses some very standard journalistic behavior. What specifically is he accused of? And, and what... Uh... What journalists might that also implicate? He's accused of a wide range of activities from soliciting classified information to publishing classified information. Some of it falls into areas that um, arguably arguably really are criminal, such as pointing at specific information that he wants and allegedly working with um, then Bradley Manning, now Chelsea Manning, to acquire the information and also working with um, hackers to acquire the specified information. But some of the, inf- some of the charges um, are simply about publishing uh, national defense information, classified information. Um, and in this area, it's very much pure journalism that the federal government is going after. So there's, a, there's 18 counts in the indictment, and they go after everything from basically co- uh, cooperating with hackers, uh, collaborating with hackers, to simply publishing and that's a broad range of activity, and the feds want to uh, send him to prison for all of it. I remember years ago that uh, then U.S. Representative Mike Pence sponsored some legislation that would have made it more difficult for the government to bring charges against people, uh, journalists in particular, and news organizations that were publishing exactly this kind of content. You know, it really does depend on whose ox is getting gored. Some people love it when um, inconvenient information for whoever is in power is released. And then maybe they win an election and they're in power and suddenly they're less fond of that whole activity of of revealing um, information that's inconvenient to those who are in power because they themselves are now in power. That's what governments do all the time, which is why we're not supposed to change the rules depending upon which party won the last election, who's in power at the moment. It's supposed to be standard protections for, and not just a class of journalists, but for anybody who does journalism, anybody who tries to uh, uh, participate in the act of imposing transparency on those who are in power. So the act of journalism is supposed to be protected by our rules, no matter who is in power. But the act, you know, the, the politicians, of course, like to change the rules of the game, depending upon which position they occupy, whether they're in office or in opposition. What happens if this prosecution stands? What are what are people saying about what is likely to follow? One of the most interesting analyses came from the Obama administration when they were angry about what Assange had done, what Manning had done, and they were considering prosecuting him. And uh, what they told the Washington Post at the time was that they ran up against the New York Times problem, which is they realized that if they went after Assange, they could not distinguish between the behavior of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks um, and then Bradley Manning 
and what the New York Times had done with the Pentagon Papers. There really wasn't any way of going after a prosecution of Assange or WikiLeaks without also um, saying that it would be okay to prosecute the New York Times for publishing the Pentagon Papers or the Washington Post and the Guardian for publishing Edward Snowden's revelations because it, these were all acts of journalism. And you cannot parse them very finely um, without encompassing all of these publications. If we go back not that many years, Assange worked with major publications to some extent to get a lot of these details out there. The same thing occurred when Edward Snowden was revealing details. Major journalistic organizations were involved in publishing, verifying, asking for comment from government officials. I guess what what is the how does the value proposition for that kind of activity change if somebody like Julian Assange ends up going to prison? Well, it potentially puts all journalists at risk. I mean, uh, Julian Assange certainly worked with major publications, not just WikiLeaks. Uh, specifically, he worked with Der Spiegel, which is a German magazine. And they had actually sat down uh, with, well, on, on the phone via remote connection with State Department officials, uh, asking the State Department officials what information they considered too sensitive to publish. So there was an editorial process. So if the, gov- the U.S. government can go after Julian Assange. And let's be clear here. What they're doing is they're trying to assert jurisdiction worldwide over an Australian journalist. Julian Assange is Australian, who was based in, in the U.K. Uh, WikiLeaks is based in Iceland. They're prosecuting a foreign journalist for publishing sensitive information and claiming they can do so because even though the law reaches him, he's not protected by their claim under the First Amendment of the United States. So if the federal government, and that's the way they're trying to distinguish it from how they would apply the law to, say, the New York Times, if the federal government can go through with this, it means that only American journalists and American publications would be protected when they publish sensitive information. Any journalist on the planet, potentially, under the uh, claims, current claims of the Trump administration, would be subject to prosecution for publishing sensitive information, like the Edward Snowden revelations, like the Pentagon Papers, and certainly like the material that WikiLeaks published that was uh, re- released by Manning to uh, Julian Assange. Um, this could be worse even. Now, it's bad enough to have every journalist on the planet at risk of prosecution by the United States government, except for those who are within U.S. borders and therefore, according to the current U.S. government's interpretation, subject not just to its laws, but also to constitutional protections. Because the U.S. government is prosecuting information, I'm sorry, uh, prosecuting activity that the Obama administration had concluded had a New York Times problem. That is that if this prosecution goes through, it could end up prosecuting the activities of what are recognized as mainstream journalism organizations. So just because the government is now saying, hey, you're safe if you're American, we only want to prosecute every other journalist on the planet except for American journalists, the activity they're going after is exactly the kind of activity that the New York Times and the Washington Post and other American publications have participated in in the past. So there's no particular reason to think that if this prosecution is successful, that the New York Times, that the Washington Post, that journalists like Bart Gelman, who published Edward Snowden's revelations, would be protected from prosecution in the future. It really would be kind of an uncertain field for all journalists, not just those outside the United States, which is bad enough, but for all journalists who publish information that the U.S. government does not want published. Yeah, I'm imagining a scenario in which 
uh, a foreign journalist and a, at a foreign outlet is working with an American outlet. And of course, the uh, New York Times company owns publications that exist outside the United States as well. It's, I think that that division that they're trying to create between American and non-American, it, it doesn't seem like it can hold up for very long. Well, it, it can't hold up for very long, especially when they're already claiming that um, U.S. law has jurisdiction over the planet, but somehow the Constitution stops the borders. Uh, journalists these days collaborate frequently. Uh, Edward Snowden worked with uh, British and American publications. Journalists flew around the world. They worked side by side no matter what their citizenship was. WikiLeaks these days has employees. Uh, its editor-in-chief is a um, citizen of Iceland. Um, other staffers are British, American, whatever nationality. Uh, it's increasingly common for publications that have worldwide reach to have worldwide staffs. So what would the American um, government's interpretation of law and constitutional protection mean? That you could prosecute uh, two-thirds of a publication staff, but not the other third? Uh, what if the editor-in-chief is American, um, but the the executive editor is Icelandic? I mean, it's silly. This is ridiculous. In what country are the servers in? And that, I'm sure, is going to be the sort of thing that comes up as an issue at some point. In fact, it already did for The Guardian when uh, the British government got very angry about the Snowden revelations. They ended up smashing their copies of the hard drives uh, to satisfy British requirements, even though the data uh, survived elsewhere. J.D. Tuchile is a contributing editor at Reason Magazine. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.